Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Back for another episode of uh, Can You Brew It? How you doing today, Tasty? Doing really well. It's a great day here in California. <laughs> well, it's your birthday, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I keep soon. For, keep forgetting about that. I was trying to put it off a year, but uh, somehow I let it slip out and everybody knows. Happy birthday, Tasty. Well, thanks. Yeah, tasty, t- tasty is turning uh, 35 yeah, on, uh, what, just Monday? last year I was 34. It's amazing, yes. <laughs> Happens so, you grow up so quick. I know. Yeah. Well, you know. Sometimes they don't know how old I am. You probably noticed that. Another eight, another year, another uh, another notch in the old uh, kielbasa or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel kind of old today. I don't know. I'm just uh, too much going on. Well, and, and my my birthday gift to you, my special birthday gift to you is... is uh, some advice. Okay. Sage advice. Sage advice. Or some uh, pepperic advice works, too, but go ahead. Get yourself to uh, northernbrewer.com. Oh. Our fine sponsor. Yeah. They uh, make this show possible. And uh, go out there, pick yourself up some, some goodies. They got uh, all the stuff you need to brew these uh, fine clone brews that we're doing, these uh, these uh, Kenya Brew It uh, challenges. And uh, like that, you know. So there's there's your fine birthday present. I, Dan, don't spend it all in one place. Tasty has more disdain for his birthday than anybody I've ever known. I don't, <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with you and your birthday? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have know. much, much disdain for it either. <laughs> for it. We don't want to get into that. Come on. Oh, I don't know. I just never was a birthday guy. Uh, no. Yeah. It wouldn't mean a thing to me if nobody said a thing or I, I you know. Yeah. I didn't realize it myself till somebody said something. So me. I should cancel the stripper. Well, not if I'm going to be blamed for somebody canceling the stripper. No, no. I'm not going to take that heat. No. Just checking. Yeah. I mean, everybody likes strippers. Come on. Well. Well, almost everybody. Let's not get into that side. (laughs) All right. That's the other show. (laughs) That's true. Well, and uh, what's our uh, challenge today, Justin? Well, George Hamilton from Wisconsin loves himself. Some arrogant bastard from the really Stone. tan guy. The really tan guy, George <laughs> yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, the guy who sprays on the paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows beer. How do you sure. get that tan in Wisconsin? Nobody knows. Mm. Uh, he wrote in, "Big fan of Stone's arrogant <laughs> bastard." So you know, you know, you know that guy's like a twenty-five SRM. You know? <laughs> He's uh, yeah, a little darker. He'd be arrogant bastard. That's right. Yeah, bastard yeah. himself. I'm pretty sure. Right now, he's a, he's more of a mirror pond. <laughs> 
No, he's, he's, I think he's the color arrogant bastard. He's pretty close. So I hold up my glass right here and yeah, yeah, I can see that right there. (laughs) He's right there. Well, he wrote in, I know it's challenging and I know that they're a little top secret about this recipe, recipe, but I'd love to be able to brew me some arrogant bastard from Stone Brewing Company. So that's your challenge today, guys. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, I love me some arrogant bastard as well. And, uh, you know, he wasn't the only one to, to, uh, right in for this one. I think this is one of the most requested uh, colognes that we've had so far. Yeah, and it keeps coming uh, in too, over and over again. Yeah, there must be a dozen, and we've been just telling people, "All right, all right, all right, we'll <laughs> we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it." You know, leave us alone. And uh, so we've, uh, you know, it's it's challenging because there's not a lot of information out there on brewing arrogant bastard, and it's it's said that the the folks at Stone are very tight lipped about. Uh, about the recipe for this for this beer, you know they're very generous with their information on any other beer you want to ask about. <laughs> They'll tell you everything you want to know, but on Arrogant Bastard, uh, you know they they don't want to say anything. So uh, you know that was that was really the challenge there. Now it's interesting because um, you, you'd think there's you know only one way to get a certain flavor for a beer. Right, you think, oh well, you know, whatever that recipe is, that's you know how you're going to get it. It's going to be, um, you know, X amount of whatever malt, and if you change that at all, you're not going to clone the beer. Well, you know, there is some flexibility there, but um, you know, you end up with subtle differences. And one of the things we did was uh, look at the existing clone recipes out there for Arrogant Bastard. And looking at those, I I just I just wasn't convinced that uh, any of those were actually right. People are saying, "Oh yeah, it's really close, really close," but I don't know. It just just doesn't seem like uh, it would make uh, arrogant bastard to me. So uh, first thing we did was get a hold of uh, the folks at uh, Stone Brewing and asked them to uh, talk with us on the air, and they uh, they were they were great. They they uh, joined us on the air, and uh, uh, well. You know, leave it at that. We'll we'll hear from Stone. We'll take a short break, and and when we come back, we'll hear from Stone about uh, how you brew Arrogant Bastard. Back after this. Where were we? You stole an oak barrel from the mist of Ravenwood, and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hells no. We need it for a Flinders Red. I'm going to cast Pediacacus Damnesis on the barrel. Sorry, your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. This sucks. What do we have here? Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy. We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. <gasps> Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you get a long lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cast and 10 forward. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. 
Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his tail wagon amber ale and double secret probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the beer of the month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army member special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. And Seven Bridges has the best selection in the world. Everything is a click away at breworganic.com. Join the mailing list for special deals and regular updates about new products and specials. They have been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for almost 12 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. Take the National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Enter the competition by October 10th for your chance to win great prizes, including a hands-on brewing experience at an organic brewery, brewing equipment, or organic brewing ingredients. Complete details about the competition are online at breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to worker and people-friendly business practices and environmentally friendly, worker-friendly brewing products whenever possible. Visit today, breworganic.com. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We're here with uh, Mitch Steele from uh, Stone Brewing. Uh, Mitch, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, thanks. Great. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, we're, you know, we have a, like a ton of listeners have uh, emailed us uh, wishing to uh, have our uh, Can You uh, Brew It show cover the uh, Eric and Bastard uh, style, and uh, just wanted to see if uh, we can talk about it today with you. Um, first of all, uh, you're the head brewer there at Stone's, is that right? That's correct. And how long have you been in there in that capacity? Uh, it'll be three years in May, so okay. it's, uh, it's uh, it seems like uh, a lot less in some ways. It seems like I just got here, but it's three years. Right. Now, Aragon Bastard is not the only beer in your lineup. Uh, I, is that still one of your best-selling beers, or is that uh, fall? It is. It's, um, Stone IPA is our best-seller. It's about okay. 35% of our business. Oh, okay. And Aragon um, Bastard Ale is about 25%, I'd say, of our business. So it's right. it's number two in our portfolio. Right. That's still a lot of, a lot of beer because you guys are a very large. What's your annual uh, beer production there at Stone? Well, last year, we're still kind of finalizing the number. Last year, I, I think it looks like it's going to be about 82,000 barrels. I see. That's big. Um, the year before that was just under 70,000. 70, so, you know, we're still growing at about 20% a year. Uh, when I first got here, we were at 44,000 or so. So we've almost doubled since I've been wow, here. Wow, that's a, that's a big growth in three years. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty phenomenal. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of fun working in a place that's growing, I'll tell you. Yes. And uh, you know, after the IPA, what what what, are, you know, what seems to be third in your lineup? I was kind of curious about that because I, I don't. Uh, it's, okay, uh, Stone Pale Ale is Pale? Okay. is our third right. bestseller. All right, gotcha. All right, well, uh, I understand that the, the Aragon Bastard's recipe is a proprietary recipe, and uh, we're not going to like you know try to pin you down for that. But what we would yes, like. We are. To, yeah, what's that? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, we'd love to have it, but we understand that you, that uh, it's not yours to give, and I understand that. But uh, our uh, 
you know, our listeners are, are trying to, to make the beer all the time, and some are getting close and some, and some are pretty far away. We would like to, you know, maybe get some information from you that would help us at least have a starting point for making a beer well, that's somewhat like the air. Let's, let's start with the numbers that, that we could, uh, we oh. could go ahead and measure. Uh, even, or you know, send it to a lab. What what have you? So <laughs> your your uh, your your starting gravity, finishing gravity, yeah. alcohol by volume, IBUs, color, all that, mm-hmm. all that could be uh, public information, right? It, it could be if you wanted to send the beer out and get it analyzed. I, uh, alcohol, I can tell you, seven point two percent. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I can measure finishing gravity, and if I know the alcohol, I can get my starting gravity from that. Yep. Okay. Yep. You sure can. Okay. Uh, what about IBUs? Uh, I, you can get those measured too. <laughs> okay, I, I got a spectrophotometer. <laughs> They're high, I'll tell you that. That's about all I can tell you. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if you had that as public information on the site or something. No, we don't. We don't, unfortunately. Okay. But I think people that taste the beer can probably guess about where it's at. Well, it's pretty well in balance, so I would think you know something a beer like this would be probably be what eighty IBU or so or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that would work, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I t- I've, I've drank a lot of this beer, and uh, hop-wise, um, I wouldn't be probably too far off if I, if I put some Chinook in there, would I? Uh, you know, um, I think you'd end up with a pretty good beer if you put Chinook in there. Okay, cool. And... Um, what if I uh, would I finish that with like a centennial, or would you would you you know think we would get closer if we you know tried something else? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm okay, treading look. on uh, dangerous territory here. I would well, that's I would right, say, we you. Uh, I would say you'd probably be better trying something else. Something else. Okay, I got you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> well, that's a much more open answer because uh, something <laughs> else is like sixty other hops. <laughs> Okay. Very true. All right. Now, uh, you guys uh, normally uh, use this the the, the, the the your water treatment. Do you need special with the water there for for a dark beer like this? Well, we don't we don't do anything different for any of our any of our beers. Sure. Really, it's um, one water for all. What we all do yours. is we um, we use uh, you know municipal water. Uh, we bring it in. We run it through a carbon filter to filter out all the all the chlorine. And the, actually, the water here is a little bit on the musty side, so the carbon filter takes all that out. Nice. And then what we do, it, it comes in at about 250 parts per million hardness, and uh, we run some of the water through a reverse osmosis unit. So we're running at about 100 parts per million hardness when we brew with it. Time you get it blended back in and everything. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So you get those, and but you don't add any uh, sort of gypsum or anything like that to. Uh... Yeah, we're not using any brewing salts at all right okay. now. It's okay. something I've been kind of looking at, but um, uh-huh. uh, not not real seriously yet. It's just something that's kind of on my radar, and uh, but we're not using any. Gotcha. So uh, you know, it, it's a it's a wonderful beer, and it seems to have some roasty notes to it, and uh, not not a lot. But uh, a, a touch of roasting notes, like a kind of like a chocolate malt or something like that, uh, chocolate malt flavors. I think. So yep. we, so we would. <laughs> it, it does, but uh, you know, there's, there's. Um, I can tell you that it's a very complex uh, malt character, and um, I think you know, in my mind, there's only one way to get that kind of complexity. 
mm-hmm. with your malt character. So we'd be well off using multiple dark malts, different uh, different varieties. Um, well, that's my my opinion is to get a com- you know that kind of complexity in a beer, you need to use some different malts, a range of a range of uh, colors, yeah. and well, that's one of the things I like to do is. Uh, uh, when I'm when I'm brewing something where I want uh, complexity in the malt bill, I used to a lot of recipes, uh, homebrew recipes will be like uh, you know a pound of chocolate malt or or something like that, and I, I like to break it up, do uh, like a half pale chocolate and the regular chocolate, maybe a little bit of, of a darker malt, and kind of break it up, get uh, get more complexity in the the flavor profile that way. Yeah, I've never used uh, pale chocolate malt. I know we have here at Stone before. Um, but, uh, you know, in some of our maybe uh, early Vertical Epic or uh, anniversary beers, but that was before my time. But, uh, you know, some of the guys here speak real highly of that pale chocolate. Mm-hmm. I've never used it. It's uh, good stuff, though, I guess. Yeah, it's great. It gives a kind of a nutty, toasty, um, very very light roasty uh, character to it. Uh, nice. Real nice. And there's no other malt that actually uh, replaces that. There's no, no other product... Um, where you can get the the similar, you can get other flavors with some of that, but uh, it's, it's pretty unique. So, uh, what's what's the color rating on on that pale chocolate? Two hundred love. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, that sounds great. I've gotten two hundred love caramel malts, and I've you know, but it's this is a like a toasted malt. It's done like like chocolate malt, but uh, only taken up to two hundred love. So uh, okay. And yeah, they they had canceled it at one point, I guess, and then uh, there was a. A cry from the uh, from the brewers that there was nothing else that would replace it, so they brought it back. Oh, great, great! I'll have to try it sometime. Still out there, and I, I think the same thing, uh, like you're talking about on the the malt complexity in in beers, also applies to uh, crystal malts, and mm-hmm. uh, you know various uh, ranges of crystal malt, and and uh, you know when I have a beer like Arrogant Bastard, I, I always seem to think that there's some some dark crystal malts in there when i when i was making a, a clone of that i i went with a, a fair amount of uh, 120 in there and uh, i thought that that uh, that helped out yeah i can tell you that we use a lot of different crystal malts here at stone um you know we have uh probably four or five different different uh Levibon ratings of crystal malts so oh, wow what's um, what's the know. darkest you use um probably 150 Mm-hmm. You know, um, we use um, yeah, it's one hundred and fifty. We use uh, you know we use the the fifteen degree Levabon crystal in in our IPA and in Ruination IPA. Mm-hmm. You know, so we go, we go the whole range from fifteen to one hundred and fifty. Here, you can see them if you come to the brewery. You can see those malts sitting in our racks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those are a couple of great beers as well. Yes, very good. Uh, you know, uh, when I when I'm hankering for uh, a good a good IPA, you know. Both of those are excellent choices. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, uh, you know, my uh, the Stone IPA has become my my uh, everyday beer, as it were. You know, it's uh, it's uh, my staple. <laughs> yeah, I was down at uh, I had, had to go down to San Diego a lot for work, and uh, they put us up in a Marriott down there, and and they had a number of beers on, but what they had was uh, Stone IPA, I think, or Stone or Stone Pale, and uh, I was glad for that. Every night I'd go and have a couple of pints. <laughs> <laughs> oh great <laughs> on the company account and uh <laughs> very nice i was like yeah yeah i like this marriott and they're like oh you like the rooms no i like the beer at the bar <laughs> like the beer <laughs> yeah. it's pretty important <laughs> yep 
And uh, all your beers there have a pretty clean uh, profile to them, uh, fermentation profile. Mm-hmm. We, um, uh, you know, our, our house yeast is a proprietary yeast. Um, it's maintained by White Labs. They send us a culture every about every quarter. Uh, we get a new culture in here. Um, it, to me, the the profile of our yeast is is pretty. It, it changes, you know, with the alcohol strength, like any yeast. But it's uh, it's pretty clean. Um, it's uh, you know fairly medium to moderate strength beers. And then as as you get into higher alcohol beers, it starts to throw a lot of esters. So, you know, in our in our special releases, I I tend to get a lot of a lot of pineapple off the yeast and a lot of tropical fruit. Where you know with our our core brands not so much but um you know it's a standard ale yeast uh, we've tossed around what yeast really kind of kind of works from a you know from a commercially available strain and we kind of go back and forth um, um you know but uh a typical um, you know good fermenting not a real high ester uh profile english yeast is what we tend to recommend for people doing that and all of our beers go through a fairly similar fermentation uh, profile. We ferment all of our beers at 72 degrees Fahrenheit, and um, and then when the beer is about uh, about one half to one degree Plato above terminal gravity, then we'll we'll cap the tank and allow some carbonation to build up, and then we'll chill the tank 24 hours later. Okay. And what about uh, the mashing? Do you use like one uh, mash uh, temperature, or is that something you vary on on your beers? We vary it quite a bit, actually. Um, we go anywhere from 148 degrees Fahrenheit to about 158 degrees Fahrenheit, depending on the beer. Wow. And uh, it's all, all dependent on what, what beer we're making, what kind of terminal gravity we want in the final beer, and what kind of malts are in it, you know, and how far we want it to try and finish out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we make this beer, uh, Jimmy? I see smoke uh-huh. coming out of their ears, Let's Mitch. see. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh... <laughs> How am I doing? Am I helping you out? I think it's going to taste more like a Sierra Nevada beer. No. <laughs> I feel so bad for Mitch. He's just sitting in the hot seat there. Well, wait, waiting yeah, we for understand. Greg to walk in the other room. Well, and, and uh, well, <laughs> you know, who are you talking to? Let me let me put it this way. Uh, how how would you describe Arrogant Bastard? Yeah. I mean, you, you probably drank uh, your fair share. How would you describe you, that to the listeners? That that fine beer. Uh um, you know, when we, we have our taste panel every day, and um, what we look for in that beer is a, is a real complex, uh, multi-character, uh, some, some maybe like peach character in the hops, um, maybe, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a hint of roast in the beer, and we look for a nice, uh, awesome bitterness on the finish. You know, and, and, you know, a good arrogant bastard ale for us has those characteristics. And, um, you know, so those are the, the comments that we use in our taste panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it finishes uh, fairly dry. And I think that lends itself to that uh, roast and uh, that bitterness in the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other uh, um, uh, big red beers out there that finish uh quite a bit sweeter and i think that it, it's a, a whole different beer when when it finishes dry yeah you know it's it's funny i you know i've um been back in the in the craft brewing world for about three years now and uh most of our beers are pretty dry 
uh, in comparison to a lot of others, and that's something that we actually do kind of prefer. I think it, uh, you know a drier beer allows the hop character to come out a little bit better as well, and you mm-hmm. don't get that conflict between the sweet caramel and the and the hops. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes you know, it more so drinkable. That's, yeah, that's more drinkable, that, Mitch. Yeah, you can drink two, three yeah, pints of it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can drink two, three pints of the beer. Yeah, you know, sweet beers for me aren't. You know, they're very filling and yeah. satiating, and so mm-hmm. I, I tend to prefer them drier anyway. So it's, uh, it works for me. Yeah, they become sipping beers, and and when I <laughs> when I think Eric Bastard, I like to think of uh, you know a bomber is about the right serving for me. Yeah, you know, and then I mm-hmm. need another one, but you know. <laughs> Uh, when at I, least when I, a bomber. Yeah. When I, when I look at the, look <laughs> at the bottles, one, I mean, yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't package it in anything smaller than a bomber because, <laughs> you know, it, it'd be like yeah, I, I don't see how you even want to share a bomber. You want to drink a bomber, so every person needs their own bomber. <laughs> That's cool. I, you know, we don't. Yeah, we've we've talked about um, you know putting it in six packs, and we don't. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any there. sense. I mean, I'd have to I'd have to you know yeah. like open two bottles. In order to yeah. have my 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 uh, arrogant bastard, so you know, save yeah, save a cap, <laughs> yeah, save a cap, and uh, I can I can just you know, do it once. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, definitely a session beer. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. And uh, thank you. Yeah, you, know, you guys are you, you guys are doing a, a great job there, and uh, I think all your beers are are quite impressive. Well, thank you. That's uh, that's great to hear. Honestly, it's uh, it's fun to work at a brewery where you know our beers are are. We have a lot of really good fans and people that are really excited about our beers. It makes the job really fun. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's an awesome place to be, especially where I came from, where I you know I got slammed a lot for what I was doing before. So, <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, very cool to be here. Everybody likes to be loved. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. It goes a long way, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I think yeah, Stone was one of the the first breweries to really kick off that being bold type of uh, yeah. approach Arrogant, to, to yes. brewing. Yeah, right. to really you know go out there and do what you like and and uh, be creative and right. and not not just follow the uh, the masses. And uh, I think uh, it's uh, earned a, a spot in everybody's heart in the uh, in the craft beer community. Yeah, I was a, a a big fan of Stone before I came on board. So you know, I was I was right with with you on that. You know, mm-hmm. I I loved what they were doing and mm-hmm. and the approach that they took and not not dumbing down their beer for anybody. And uh, I just thought that was that was really cool because um, you know, like you said, not many people were doing that. A lot of people would brew a beer for the masses, thinking that that would get them in the door, and we just didn't do that. You know, we said either here's our beer, you like it or you don't. And, yep. uh, well, I talk to a number of brew pubs, and they'll they'll say, "Oh, yeah, what what beer do I brew that uh, will get you know that mo- the most people will like? You know, what 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 kind of you know what what appeals to you know every person?" And it's like, well, you know, you don't really want to brew that beer <laughs> because uh, yeah. you know it's not really gonna it's you know it's not a reason to come in. You know, right. Uh, right. maybe maybe have one beer like that that you know for the the, the masses, but. You know, that's not going to draw them in the door. You want you know you want something that makes it a reason to to drink and to come out. So yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, you know people trying to hit the middle of the road is uh, really not doing any good. But uh, I I I would agree. I you know I you 
I don't think craft brewing, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's mm-hmm. about trying new new things and new flavors and going where people haven't gone before with beer. And I, I think that's the whole appeal. At least it is for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, if I go into a place, I, I'm looking for something that I may not have had before or a new, new twist on a standard recipe or something like that. Yeah, hit hit or miss. You know, it's better to yeah. be to be bold and and adventurous than uh, to be timid and and uh, not have any success at all. So I I agree. You know, and and sometimes you do miss. You know, but uh, you know, as you no. do this enough, you get better at right. it. And then you don't <laughs> you brew that like one again. You know. So I think we have a bit of hit and miss ahead of us in uh, in dialing in our arrogant bastard. This clone. may take uh, maybe a three or four dozen tries, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we may not even be, be more close. Help, you know, that's right, Mitch. Uh, we, we I got to consider my job, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. It's been fun talking to you. I would like to say it's been very informative, but it has been at least informative. And uh, we're going to go out and, and uh, we're going to give this beer a try, believe it or not. So, uh, well, well, good luck. Um, and and you, you need to know that I'm happy to talk about any of our other beers. We understand in that. quite detail. We but, understand. Uh, that. I'm sorry, I can't help uh, you more with this one. Well, you know, we've got some requests for yeah. some other stone beers, yeah. so uh, yeah. we will be calling you again. Then sounds good. All right, thanks a bunch. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Mitch. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y-E's 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com nico listen our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting kids. come on let's get out of here i'm supposed to have more lines i'm the professional <clears throat> hey it's sully and i'm nico and we opened the 21st amendment nine years ago at 563 second street in san francisco just two blocks from giants park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at NicoBrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. 
and adding new varieties all the time. Mini for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some I sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> Network. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? We're talking about uh, Stone's Arrogant Bastard. And actually, you know, I really love Arrogant Bastard. It's uh, one of the beers I've consumed quite a lot of and, and quite a lot more since uh, Tasty and I started in on this challenge. Huh? <laughs> like a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mitch is a great guy, isn't he? I really like talking to him. Mitch is wonderful. I, you know, we really, he's put in a, in a hard spot. Uh, you know the bosses are saying don't don't give out any information about this beer you know help people with anything else but this one beer you cannot talk about (laughs) i was uh at the uh homebrew conference in oakland i i met up with uh, greg cook there and and i was talking to him and i said uh you know one of the things we're going to do is we're going to clone this arrogant bastard (laughs) and he you know kind of gave a chuckle and and i said uh I, I know that you guys are just having fun with this. You give out all your other information, and really, it's just it's kind of a, a thing to uh, to kind of play with people on this, and you know, have some fun with it. He said, "Yeah, he, he seemed really excited that we were uh, interesting clone of the beer, and he was, you know, kind of curious to see if we could do it. And you know, he pretty much confirmed that. Yeah, any other information you want." Uh, you know they're they're quite willing to help, but you know this is the one thing that they won't uh, they won't divulge. I really liked about Mitch too is he you know he never once said no or we shouldn't do it or anything. Right. He just laughed the whole time. <laughs> kind of said he said, "Hey man, I'll do it, but you know the deal." <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> so you're setting yourself up for failure. It's almost that kind of laugh he had in his voice, like I'm there. Whatever you whatever I can say, it's all yours. <laughs> 
I think they they want somebody to do it. You yeah. know, it's 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 that challenge. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, you know, come on and do it. You know, so many people have asked. Uh, it'd be really cool to see it done. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, Tasty and I got together. We we tasted some Marion Bastard. We talked about it, and uh, uh, you know, came up with some theories. And one of the very first things I did was send off a sample uh, to uh, be analyzed because. Uh, yeah, Mitch was saying, well, yeah, you could send it to a lab. So I did. <laughs> and uh, it came back really interesting. The IBUs came back as 58. Um, the, uh, the finishing gravity was 1014. Uh, they had the alcohol at 7.65. Now, uh, Stone says 7.2. It has it on the bottle. 7.65 is a considerable difference. Yeah. Between the two, I'm I'm kind of surprised the difference is that much. I mean, sometimes it'll it'll be off by a tenth, but uh, you know, four tenths is is uh, is a significant difference. And uh, you know, apparent attenuation is just uh, right about eighty percent, seventy nine point eight two. And uh, love a bond for color is what I got back was forty six point one. So I worked that into SRM, and uh, you know, it's in the uh, kind of the mid to upper twenties. Uh, let's see. And so the challenge was, you know, you have a recipe and here we've got some basic parameters that that's helpful, but, uh, you know, the challenge is kind of figuring out, all right, what's in this beer? What are the flavors that, that you've got? What are the, uh, uh, the components to it? You know, how are you going to replicate those components? And there's a lot going on in a really simple beer. If you're trying to brew, you know, most pilsners, you know what the malt bill is. <laughs> it's really simple. But in something like this, there's a lot of, you know, complexity, malt complexity going on there. But I don't buy this uh, this recipe that I see out on the web with, uh, you know, Munich malt and, you know, some other, you know, biscuit and whatever else in there. It just doesn't seem right to me. Uh yeah, I even saw ahead. some. I, I just. I even saw some. Po- uh, you know, we put this on our on our Facebook stuff so everyone could hear about the show today. And mm-hmm. I saw guys going, "Hey, if you guys can't clone it, I can." I'd done it a bunch of times, and uh, <laughs> I just know you guys. Uh, you know, you guys have looked over those recipes, so I think right. it's it's significant well, that you're saying, "Look, I'm not buying it that that's in this beer," especially mm-hmm. after you sent it to be analyzed. Right. You know. So I just want to. I, I just like to point out that you guys are really taking this one to heart. Well, we we have a pretty high standard on this show. We yeah. you know we have to taste them side by side, blind, and declare them so close together that you couldn't change anything in the recipe to make it any closer. Yeah, yeah. So, Always the standard, right? Uh, you know, I think if you're just you want to get something close, um, I think you know maybe that recipe does does get close, but uh, you know we want closer than that. So one of the things that I had was, um, I, I don't know what convinces me of this, but uh, the bulk of the specialty grains in this beer are crystal malts. I mean, there's crystal malts and there's maybe a tiny dash of chocolate. I don't know. I don't know about the chocolate, but it's all crystal malts. Mike, why don't you go over the recipe that we came up with and uh, and we'll go from there. All right. Based on that vast body of knowledge that Mitch gave us, we um, came up with a, uh, this recipe here. Uh, batch size is a normal six-gallon batch. Um, 
starting gravity uh, 1071 or 17.3 Plato. Uh, finishing gravity of uh, 1013 or 3.3 Plato. Uh, the uh, firm, uh, parent degree of fermentation of uh, oh, almost 80 percent. That's cool. Uh, the alcohol on the beer that that we made is 7.7 percent ABV. Uh, it's uh, by recipe. It's 80 IBUs, and the color is 27.6 SRM. Collected at a pre-boil volume of 7.7 gallons or 29.1 liters, at a pre-boil gravity of uh, 10.55 or uh, 13.5 Plato. Our recipes are based on 70 percent efficiency. I uh, boil for 90 minutes. Uh, the, the grain bill uh, is as follows, uh, 14 pounds or uh, 6.41 kilograms of uh, pale malt, two row, uh, 1.1 pounds or a half a kilogram of crystal 150, 0.55 pounds or a quarter kilogram of a crystal 15, 0.55 pounds or a quarter kilogram of crystal 40, 0.55 pounds or a quarter gram of crystal 80. And uh, 0.15 kilograms, or 30, 0.33 pounds, of uh, chocolate malt. Everything uh, is uh, American except the Crystal 150 is British Crystal 150. And then the hot bill is uh, as follows. Uh, and, uh, got some odd numbers here, but that's don't worry about that. Like uh, Jamil often says... Uh, the best way to do these small additions of hops is by uh, grams instead of ounces. Anyway, uh, at uh, 85 minutes, a uh, 0.99 ounce or 28 uh, grams of uh, Chinook. This is these are all, uh, all it's all Chinook, so it's the alpha is computed at 13.00. And uh, then again at 45 minutes, uh, 0.49 ounces of 14 grams of Chinook, and then at 15 minutes, uh, 0.49 ounces of 14 grams. The same Chinook hop, and then it uh, flame out uh, 0.49 ounces or 14 grams of Chinook. We use the uh, English, uh, the dry English ale yeast WLP 007, also known as the Y yeast uh, 1098. Uh, mash temperature uh, we did a single step mash at uh, 149 or 65 C for 60 minutes. We did a uh, then did a mash out at 168 or 75.6 C for 10 minutes, and then we the sparge was 170 degrees or 76.7 centigrade for uh, about 60 minutes, and that's pretty much uh, how I made the beer. All right, so we've tasted this. We've done the uh, blind tasting, and uh, we all have our opinions on this. Uh, why don't we start with Justin? What's what's your take on this? All right. Well, there's some there's some real quick problems to note right off the bat. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't see you spitting anything out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. great beer. Okay. <laughs> the SRM is off, right? So visually, it, to me, it's 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 failed. The uh, for, from what I think is the clone and what I think is the commercial version, the clone looks darker. And significantly darker, enough to say that something has to be changed, I think, to get the color right. Um, the aroma I found to be pretty close, other than what I think is the uh, homebrew version. Um, has, it had some fusel action going on for me, mm, which is going away. I actually tried this beer a few days ago, and it was a lot more fusely than it is right now, um, assuming 
that I'm right about which beer it is. Uh, finally, man, do I, I think other than those things that are significantly different, I think it's really close. It's a, it's a malt problem. And the, what I think is the, is the actual stone arrogant bastard has a, um, a really complex and, and that kind of grapey malt that I usually put with like a belt, like a, not even a Belgian sometimes, but like a Doppelbach, things like that. A really thick, grapey type of complex malt, which I'm not getting from what I think is the homebrew. So while I think with some age, a little oxidation, a little bit of that that could go along with this homebrew, I think it would be one hell of a lot closer to being a clone. I think changes have to be made. So by our standard of would you change anything, I unfortunately have to say not cloned. But I do, right. I do just want to add that Man, what a good first attempt uh, uh, going in blind. So, but but not uh, not not that's not for your ego. That's for what I really think. Tasty, uh, really good close uh, first attempt, but not cloned is my opinion. I had a, a similar take on it that uh, you know it's surprisingly close for just you know a first kind of wild guess as to you know we, we expected to go in with at least a half a dozen tries on this thing, yeah. and to get this close on the first shot. I thought uh, that's that's pretty darn close uh, to you know a lot of the characters are there. So what I think we got right so far is the yeast for certain. I think um, some of the characters there in the malts are definitely there. There's some adjustments to be made, but um, I think that's close. I think the hops are actually fairly close. There's some adjustments to be made. But uh, I think we're pretty close there, too. Again, this is completely different than any other recipe I've seen out there on the Internet. I've seen nothing, anything along the lines of this. So, you know, we're going to have to make some adjustments, but, uh, you know, we're already kind of in the in the zone. So I think we've knocked a few iterations off our attempts um, with this first one. So i got to call it not cloned, but uh, I think, uh, you know, pretty good for a first stab. Uh, Chad, how about you? What do, what do you think of this one? Are you you calling a clone? Not clone? Uh, not clone. I agree with Justin as far as SRM. I think uh, you know, Tasty's a little mm-hmm. darker. Um, <laughs> colors a little off. Exactly. But um, you know, as far as aroma, I think I get a little more fusel, a little more alcohol out of the um, uh, commercial example. Same um, here. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it's it's got a little more hop to it, and uh, you know, Tasty's example I think is a, a more chocolate bitterness. Yep. Um, and uh, just a little over the top as far as that goes. But um, I think it's a great attempt, and I think carbonation looks great, too, actually. Um, you know, same kind of head retention, um, nice little tan foam to it. So uh, that's pretty important, too, I think, as far as uh, tasting them side by side. It's uh, it, it's pretty close, mouthfeel-wise. I, I think those are excellent points. I thought that the, the stone brewing, I think, Tasty, you fermented yours cooler than stone does. I think there's uh, quite a bit more... Um, esters and uh, oh. uh, character and a little bit of alcohol to the stone one. And I think, you know, uh, our version has a little too much chocolate. It's a little too dark right. and uh, not an, not enough uh, late hop character. I thought carbonation was actually a little higher on, on yours than on the stone beer. Hmm. Um, but it's pretty pretty darn close. And, and kind of the warmth of the uh, commercial example, too. I think that's a little different. You get a little more warmth, like more alcohol, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I think... Uh, Yours has right. a little more bite at the end, and uh, not so much. It, it tastes bigger than uh, their beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't come through as warm or alcohol. It's 
I think it's got a it's, it's got a fuller a fuller finish yeah. and and a bit more bittering. So what did you think, Mike? Uh, you know how 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 close do you think we are? Well, you know we're really not. We're close, but yeah, I was surprised as you were that it tasted as, as similar as it did. But you know that's not even it wasn't even close to any standard that we've set. Uh, yeah, it's not the same beer uh, in a lot of ways. You know the the maltiness of it to me gets in the way of, of the rest of the beer. I, I have a little concern about our hop our hops. Uh, there's a flavor in there that I'm. Uh, I'm wondering if we, we, we have or not, but I can't tell with all this malt on top of it. So mm-hmm. certainly some sort of backing off of all that uh, residual sweetness, is, or maltiness, I should say. It's not that sweet. Right. Uh, is certainly going to help. Uh, on the SRM issue, uh, you know, by any chart I can look at, I don't see where their commercial beer, at least the bottle we're pouring here today, is anywhere close to SRM uh, 27. It's at most mm-hmm. a 20, uh, right. maybe a 17. Our beer uh, looks like it is a 27, which, of course, we did... You know, by mm-hmm. recipe, we oh. we developed a twenty seven. So, See, what lab are you using? Some sort of like guy that picks up your garbage or something? Was it in Pacheco? Yeah, yeah the Pacheco lab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn human. <laughs> oh, and you know, and the and I gave the recipe. I don't think I gave. Yeah, our beer does not have gonorrhea, by the way. <laughs> Good. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. Not this one. I'm out of penicillin. The I forgot to give the fermentation temperature during the, gave the recipe. It, I fermented uh-huh. it sixty seven F. Or uh, right. whatever that is, something nineteen point four C. See, I, th- I I think I'd I'd bump it up two more degrees. Sixty nine. Yeah, okay. you know, uh, Mitch was saying seventy two. I can do this, but uh, seventy two. Yeah. You know, they're 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 taller fermenters, and uh, so so that's one of the things is yeah. when you go into this when you're trying to uh, clone a beer and you're getting advice from the brewery, if you follow it strictly, you're not going to clone the beer. You're gonna, you know, they're not lying to you. They're, you know, they're, you know, when they, in this case, it didn't tell us much, but you know, when when the when the brewer says, yeah, you know, we've uh, measured ours and it's uh, 60 IBU, and you dial in 60 IBU in yours, and you go, well, it didn't turn in uh, turn out right. You know, they lied to me. That son of a bitch. Well, you know, same thing for color IBUs. A lot oh, of yeah. these different measurements. <laughs> It goes uh, the other way too. If you yeah, take your homebrew recipe and try to do it commercially, it's right. just going to scale up differently. Exactly. You know, there's there's different processes at work, and it makes a different beer. So, and also the formulas that you're using are estimations. So, in this, uh, for example, this the lab measured this at 58 IBU. We dialed in 80 IBU using the uh, Rager formula. Now, I think we're probably a little too high on that. Yeah. I might back off a five or eight IBU off of that. Um, it, it'll become more apparent once the sweetness is reduced. Um, and then, you know, color, color wise, you know, we dialed in what the color was supposed to be, but, you know, we're still, still a bit dark. So, you know, those formulas you really need to keep in mind that, um, you know, uh, taller fermenters will have a little more, um, Partial pressure of CO2 might keep esters down. They can go a little warmer. You, know, you might need to go a little cooler. Um, you know, mash temperatures can vary. Mash, uh, you know, the uh, I, I think maybe we'd go a couple of degrees cooler on the mash temperature. You know, there's there's a number of things that we would change. Um, and one of the things I I did in in uh, trying to figure out this recipe and get everything dialed in ahead of time was. You remember back, uh, we were at Downtown Joe's, not this last time, but a couple of times before, and Colin came around with his 100-grain taste test, right? You remember this, Justin, where uh, 
Uh, I do remember that. Out, yeah, yeah, 100 grains that matches the percentage of the recipe. So if you have 3% of chocolate malt, you uh, you add 3 grains of, of chocolate malt. Right. If it's 10% Munich, you add 10 grains of Munich. And the theory is you pour this whole thing in your mouth and chew it up, and that gives you an idea what the flavor of the recipe is going to come out with. Hmm. Well, I went ahead and, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of it at the time. I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll give this a try. Maybe it'll help. You don't have much. You might as well do it. looking for any tricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything I could do to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Uh, really? Yeah. And uh, so, I, so I do this. And, you know, as I'm chewing on this 100 grains of, of malt, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's just way too dry uh, to be able to really tell anything. You know, you're chewing it up. You're, you're really not fully distributing all those flavors throughout your mouth. And it really doesn't give you a whole lot of idea, and it's you know you end up uh, you know like like taking a laxative, you know, hundred hundred grains, of all this, this us going through you, and uh, you did it ten times. It sounds <laughs> right. You're right. So you're adjusting it, and you're trying to taste these, and you you know you do about two, three of these things, and then you're just like, oh, forget it. You know, there's just no way I'm ever doing this again. So it, it seemed like a good concept, but I think the execution was a little flawed. So here's what you do. You you measure out your hundred grains. You you put it in a uh, you know a spice grinder, or coffee, grind it up, or coffee right? grinder, or coffee grinder, whatever whatever yeah. you have, and then uh, just make a tea with it. Get get some uh, you know one hundred and fifty five degree water or whatever. Yeah. Pour it in there. Let it sit for a little while till it cools down into you know a reasonable uh, range for you to to sample, and then um, you know it's. Some conversion will happen. You're really not too concerned about that because you don't really want it that sweet. Sure, run it through a coffee grinder. You're going to end up with a lot of you know fine husk material, probably going to get tannin extraction and all that. That's fine because you have no hops in there. I guess you could throw in a hop pellet if you want. Let that thing steep. Oh, yeah. And then run it through a like a coffee filter or run French it through. Uh, I have a um, you know, little tea uh, for loose leaf tea. Um strainer to run it through that uh and you know it'll all settle after you've let it sit for until it cools down uh and you know just decant off the top down into uh into your glass and then give that a try cool it down a little bit and you can taste that and you can taste just small amounts you can make up a you know half a dozen of these things you can uh you know with various uh theories you have on your recipe uh and then you can taste them side by side you can do small sips there's liquid there to help distribute the flavors throughout your mouth and, you know, the aroma and things like that. And that is, I think, very helpful. And it's it's not that difficult to do. Um, it certainly takes a little more work than just chewing on 100 grains, but it tells you a lot more than just chewing on 100 grains. Well, without all the chewing, too. I mean, think yeah. about it. If you had, if yeah. you had three trials. Without the laxative. Exactly. Right, right. And, and, and what you, about, you, you had any sugar to that? Side. I mean, that makes sense. You might want to add some sugar to get it a little more sweeter to... Well, you can Especially if you add the hops. Right, you don't want it too sweet. No, and but I mean, you'd have to you, kind of dial that in, kind of thing. Yeah, right? if you if you let it uh, sit, uh, you know, if you if you use a like a mash temp water, and let it uh, sit, uh, you're essentially doing like a Congress mash, and right. you know, you'll get some conversion, and it'll sweeten up, and right. uh, uh, the tannins will kind of help counter some of that sweetness. Uh, it, right. it turns out all right. Well, what you're making uh, to me is more like wort than it is uh, finished right. beer. So right, right, which is good. I mean, I that's one thing I do. And every beer I make always tastes the wort, just to try to get that association between what that tastes like and what the finished beer is going to taste like. 
And I think once you get that done and you kind of have a few grain bills that you think will be close, um, then you go ahead and you could do, you know, little countertop mashing in a, you know, a two gallon igloo and, uh, you know, do one gallon batches of, of various beers and uh, your, your, your attempts. And that'll get you a lot closer there. And then you scale up and then you do mm-hmm. these, um, you know, these, these attempts. Now, since, uh, you know, Tasty's willing to brew 10 gallons of anything, yeah, we, we bypass those one gallon tests. I'm starting to require people that are willing to take five gallons of anything and drink it for me. Give right. it. So, give it here. So. Done. We'll take yeah, it. I, I, yeah, I think that's pretty I good. I have more beers to make and no place to put them. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, right. keep making them. So those, so those are some of the steps we use in order to kind of get this dialed in. And, and what I think we do have is something very much akin to you know the one of the things i get in arrogant bastard is that really dark crystal kind of character that 150 love crystal and you know that to me is one of the signature flavors in that beer and i've you know other recipes i've seen really haven't had that now we didn't use any 120 and maybe you know justin was talking about that uh belgian grapey malty thing and maybe we need some 120 in there but, uh, you know, I think we're, we're getting fairly close. So while we do this, let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we'll kind of recap what changes we think should happen to this recipe for our next attempt. Back after this. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network. And I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. In the past year, the Brewing Network has been able to add two new shows, expand our studio capabilities and quality, and bring more beer information home to you than ever before. In no small part, this is due to subscribers like you. Thank you from all of us at the Brewing Network. Without your monthly support of any denomination, we could not bring you the very best in live beer radio like Can You Brew It? Brew Strong and the Sunday Session. Haven't signed up yet? Join your fellow brewers in the BN Army. Sign up today at thebrewingnetwork.com for a recurring donation as little as $2 a month. Besides all the great live radio you'll support, every subscriber is automatically entered in monthly raffles for amazing brew gear like a conical fur a temperature control system, or your own draft setup. Become a part of the Bee and Army today. Hilo, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. And now, suck it, Tasty. Oh, is that any way to talk to Tasty on his birthday? 
Fortunately, they gave me a check every time they, that gets said. So, it's, it's yeah. like I'll take the dough every time. You get the residuals. You yeah. get the, uh, what, two cents each time? <laughs> yeah. Gotta give you a dime. It's better than nothing. It's more than JP's getting. That's all I know. Yeah. Residuals around here equal my residual change from the <laughs> washing machine. Yeah, yeah residuals. You gotta get here on Wednesdays to get it. Yeah. The stain around the uh, toilet seat. That's the residual, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, we didn't clone it, but I, I, I think we did a lot of things right. And, um, uh, you know, the the things that I would adjust, I'd go to a warmer ferment temp. I'm not sure I'd go up to 72 Fahrenheit, but uh, I'd definitely kick it up a few degrees. I don't know why, um, you know, Mike and I kicked back and forth what the ferment temperature was, and we were like, okay, 67 for some reason. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of... Uh, alcohol character to uh this beer and i think you're going to get that with this yeast um you know a couple degrees warmer 69 uh maybe uh, you know 70 uh I, th- I think you'll you'll pick that up in this uh this uh dry english or whip red uh, yeast yeah i thought my beer uh, smelt more english than uh, than arrogant bastard that could have been the ferment i mean I, i'm assuming now that a higher ferment is going to give me more more of that but Right. Oh, I, I thought you got a lot. There's a lot of crystal aroma and some chocolate. Yeah, aroma. yeah. It's really dominated by the malts, and certainly. And I think I think that's kind of giving kind of that English character. Yeah. Uh, I, but I think you know, there's a lot of. Uh, I think we got the yeast right, um, based on our research, and you know, just side by side. I think I think warmer we're going to get that. I think we're missing some late hop character. It's, you know, the older the bottle sample, the less late hop character is there. But, um, you know, generally there is some late hop character there. So I would uh, probably double our late hop uh, edition, our last edition. Um, won't change the IBUs. Uh, speaking of which, I'd probably dial down the IBUs, maybe that initial, that first edition at 85 minutes. You could either move that to 60 or um, just cut it by um, maybe five to eight IBU. Uh, hard to say. I think you know we had a little too much crystal sweetness. So I would keep the ratios of the crystal malts the same because I think we're we're very close on kind of the overall character. But um, I would dial them all down maybe um, a quarter or a third, and then. Um, on the chocolate malt, I would cut that in half. I'm not. I'm not convinced we need to eliminate it at this point, but there is a chocolate note that comes through in that aroma um, that has to go away. So uh, chocolate is really more for a color adjustment. If the chocolate still is too much uh, at half that amount, I would eliminate it, and then I'd go with maybe some uh, carafe just for color. If we end up not getting enough color, but I don't think they're doing that at Stone. Uh, let's see here. Um, I think that's about. Oh, I changed the mash temp. So instead of one forty eight, I think um, you know, or one forty nine, I think maybe one forty eight, one forty seven. Um, you know, yours was uh, much uh, richer, I thought, and yeah, yeah, viscous, right, and more a dextrous kind of beer. Yeah. And maybe, you know, the interesting thing is Lab comes back with 7.65 ABV. So we dial in the recipe for 7.65 ABV, but, you know, Stone's listing 7.2. Right on the bottle, yeah. 
Right. So maybe we adjust down to get closer to 7.2 uh, with the base malt. So those are kind of the changes I, I, I think we need to make in order to uh, get this uh, closer in line. So uh, did you have anything to add to that, Tasty? Well, I'm I'm still hung up on this SRM issue again. Uh-huh. Uh, this I don't know. It's it's based on what I'm looking at at the beer. You know, it it looks like to me a beer that I would add Crystal 122 to get this nice ruby red color that it's got. And mm-hmm. I'm and I'm getting some of that sort of raisiny thing that I'm getting out of Crystal 120. So I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm a you know the 150. I don't know. Do you much? see possibly moving moving that down to one twenty? Uh, no, no. Um, what, is that, right. So, so I, I can see getting rid of the chocolate malt, but um, the chocolate. Could, well, you say, but you say that's in the aroma, so we've got to have it in there to get that chocolate aroma. No, it's in yours. It's not in. Stone. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, right. No. So we got to we got to. But I can see that then. To get cut the but, chocolate malt in half. Sure. The thing the thing about um, uh, the thing about this beer is. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I really believe that the flavor of 150 is in there, and maybe it's a combination of chocolate and 120. But it tastes so much like 150 to me that uh, I'm like, it's 150. You know, when I when I taste this, I say to myself, oh, if I want to replicate that flavor, it's 150. And and you know, in our recipe, 150 is like double all the other crystal malts. Yeah, it's real big. So I could see maybe cutting the 150 in half and making it half 150, half 120. But I don't see getting rid of the 150. All right. I like that. Or maybe, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to say there. But, uh, and, you know, it, and it's a balancing act of these crystals. The interesting thing is this is all pretty much crystal malts. It's not all these Munichs and all these other things. And, you know, we're pretty close. So it's a unique recipe that nobody else out there has suggested as a clone for that beer. Now, maybe I'm ahead of my ass. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people tell you I do. But I think this is really the way to go as far as uh, cloning this one. Well, we're just going to the second attempt, so. Yeah, yeah. well, I think we'll be uh, even closer with the second attempt, considerably closer. Uh, Justin, is there any uh, questions from the chat room? Yeah, I've got a few questions from the chat. And and, and just before I do that, because there was some discussion about the crystal and while we're still on it, you know, I, I, I have a question about your, your thought process. Because in the beginning, you said, you said, I don't know why, but I think the crystal malts are the key to this beer. Mm-hmm. But I think you do know why you think that. And I want to know what it is about the beer specifically that makes you think, Hmm. I I think this is a the crystal is what makes it happen. I think you do know why. What happened when you tasted arrogant bastard that make you think crystal? Well, my bomber is uh, empty here, but um, too too drunk to answer. So is ours. Chad drank it all. <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah, Chad did drink I all think, of us. Uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a sweet uh, kind of crystal caramel throughout the beer. Not heavy, um, but throughout the beer and of different kind of levels of crystal malt. So, you know, like Crystal 15 has a certain kind of sweet, toasty uh, um, flavor to it. Um, Crystal 40 has really more of that caramel kind of flavor to it. Uh, 80 is a little bit raisiny. 
Um, and 150 is a little more of a kind of a burnt caramel to it. Okay. And I just, I, you know, I don't taste a whole lot of, you know, Munich or any of those other things that I see people adding. I, I really just don't taste that in this beer. I get kind of a little bit of a nuttiness in the background. So maybe there is a little something in there. Um, but I'm just, I'm just not convinced that's a major part of the profile. The profile to me speaks of all these different kinds of crystal malts. And, you know, I wish I had thought of this when we were doing the interview earlier, but I did kind of ask some questions around the crystal malts and the colors of crystal malts that they use. And I just get this, I don't know, something tells me this is the way to, uh, to do it. I'm, I, I, I don't have um have any more than that okay is it possible and i think some breweries even stumble upon this they go let's try this comp this weird combination of malts is it possible that it's this crazy combination of crystal malts that we could never possibly guess that they've put in a little of this one a little of that one and it just came out to be this great beer that we like well that's kind of what i was thinking was you know it's like all right well you know let's let's try you know these you know some of this, some of this, some of this. You know, let's try all these crystal malts. Let's yeah. try every crystal malt we have, and you know, see what happens. Right? And yeah, I'm I mean, wondering if yeah. if that's not the case. The beer is like you know, from a, a vintage, if you will, or it was developed at a time when it was commonplace to have a whole really complicated grain bill. Right. And uh, and let's face it, sometimes don't you think that's stumbled upon, and they just went, "Hey, you know what? That works. Why change it? Do it every time." Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, it just would make it very difficult to figure out all these crystals, is what I'm thinking. Right, and then another thing of, uh, I, I'm a little concerned about is I, you know, I have a like when I do this with all these crystal malts, I have a direct fired uh, bowl kettle. They have a, you know, obviously a steam jacketed. So I'm going to get, I'm thinking more, you know, more caramelization in my kettle than they're going to be getting in theirs. Hmm. So yeah. in some ways, melanoid information, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. So there, you know, so there's a, a potential for, you know, not being able to actually make that beer given the way that most home brewers, you know boil their beer I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we have to back off even further to, to you know the caramel malts to uh to, to adjust for that okay well that's what that's what we're going to do uh, right. you know we're definitely going to take a step back on that and see you know how close that gets us and if we need to do more we can um you know i, I you know maybe at one point it, it would be worth brewing what everybody else considers a clone recipe of this Along with uh, whatever our final recipe is, and, and a fresh sample of variant bastard all in the same room. Yeah, with Mitch in there too, and with Mitch, yeah, we might have to do that too. Right, and, and a big strong guy with some <laughs> sharp <laughs> objects. Yeah, to would, force he, would, him. would he be able to uh, admit it? Uh, you know, probably no, not. no, yeah, no. probably not. Nor could he deny. That's why yeah. we need uh, somebody. Yeah. Um, I have an Italian family. We can get a mafia yeah. guy in here. Going those guys yeah. off uh, twenty four. They know how to make you talk. All right, let's talk about hops. And uh, there's something about the recipe that I was surprised about that I've also got a question from the chat room. So uh, everyone wants to know this. Um, I'm surprised that you guys went with a single hop throughout the beer. Um, and somebody else asked that too. Do you really? Do you think you guys got the hops right just using Chinook through the whole thing? Uh, so I'm curious. So two parts. Why did you think it's a single hop? And two, do you guys think you got the hops right? Well, 
Why do they think we don't have it right? <laughs> well, they haven't tasted it, so okay. I guess maybe well, what, they. What, they, what are they tasting in arrogant, arrogant bastard? Right. Yeah, they're not saying. I would get if it's me because I was surprised by it too. I don't know. It just seems like such a complex beer to me. A lot of flavors going on. I yeah. would tend to think that the hop bill might have been as complex as the malt bill. But but hop wise, I I don't know. Um, I I do get some sort of like other flavors in the, in the true arrogant bastard here. Not so much. It's kind of a little bit of a spiciness, or it seems mm-hmm. like it's hop derived. And uh, I don't think we're going to get whatever that is out of the Chinook. So I, I am a little concerned. But like I said. Uh, we got such a big crystal malt uh, domination here that I really can't taste the hops that well. So I don't think trial number two is necessarily going to be it, but you know three might right. be. Might be so. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, this is one thing I'm taking from um, you know all those clone recipes that everybody else claims are uh, correct for for uh, arrogant bastard. Yeah. You know, people are going with just Chinook, and um, you know the hops that I do get out of. Arrogant Bastard, when I get one that's a little fresher than than the bottle sample, um, I pick up a little more late hop character. And it's, uh, you know, along those lines of, uh, you know, citrusy, piney type of, uh, of hop character. So uh, I don't think we're far off. Okay. And, and, and maybe they're using a different hop for bittering or something like that. But um, I don't think we're that far off. And I think... You know, maybe we make a final adjustment or two for hops, but yeah. you know, right now I want to focus on the malt and and kind of get that malt profile because that's the bigger thing of this beer is really the malts at this point. Yeah, yeah. you know, bitterness is a big thing. The the the, the um, uh, fermentation esters. I think we got that. I think we've you know we're close on the malts. Like the malts dialed in. Once we do and everything, like Mike says, the the uh, maltiness get, kind of gets out of the way. We'll see how the hops uh, stand up to to uh, the commercial example. Okay. All right, question from the chat directly. Uh, this is a good question, I think, pins down the beauty of Arrogant Bastard. Beach Cola is in the room, and he says, you know, the real brilliance of Arrogant Bastard is uh, it's very balanced. It has the backbone to support the hops. It's, it's kind of an extreme beer. It is an extreme beer, at least certainly when it came out, yet it still has a balance to it. Did the clone... Do you guys think represent the same kind of a balance between the two? You know that 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 nice hop and the, and the big malt everything. I I think so. Uh, I think you know there was um, you know we are a little too high on the IBUs. I think we're a little too high on the malt. So it's it's a like a bigger version with a little bit of chocolate in it, and um, it could use a little late hops. Okay. So surprisingly. Uh, you know, it's it's just a, a bigger version, in, right. in some ways. Okay, and another good question. Uh, two good questions from the same listener. Matt McLeod is in there. Uh, he wants to know if you guys talked about uh, uh, carbonation for this beer. I don't know that we did discuss. Uh, I, I know Jay Z mentioned a carbonation issue with the homebrew, but what what do you guys think about the appropriate carbonation for a clone here? Well, <clears throat> my experience with the Oregon Bastard is I'm getting it in these always in twenty twos. Is it is a little lower on the carbonation side than a lot of beers mm-hmm. and uh i probably didn't take note of that when we next time i do it i'll uh lower that up a little bit so it'll be more like the commercial beer okay now when i poured these today i think i i knew mine was higher so i uh i just bounced it a little bit more than i did the arrogant bastard so went over you may not have noticed bumps. it today because i was like adjusting that but okay mm-hmm. but i did note it in the uh, in my uh out of my brewery it was a little bit over carbonated 
Okay. Yeah, so Arrogant Bastards may be like, you know, two, two, two and a quarter yeah. volumes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not quite two and a half. I mean, it wasn't that far off. No. Okay. And finally, last question from the chat room. Uh, something that I thought about Tasty's beer, that if it aged a little bit, it would be a lot closer to a clone. Uh, they want to know in general, is this a beer that's good for aging? What's your opinion about that? Well, it's certainly big enough. I, you know, to me, big, big, and dark beers. And this is SRM twenty seven, and it's, it's, you know, by recipe, it's eighty IBUs. Yeah, this beer would would sit pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And it seems to me that even the sample we had is a little bit aged and still tasted great. The the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the commercial, commercial yeah. is a little right. bit aged and still tasted great. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the problem we have in all these shows. Is that you know that to get that beer can be a, a, a you know. It's got to be at least four weeks old if we can get it out, out of you know Southern California. Yeah, and it's probably much more than that. Again, my beer is probably you know twenty three days old or something like that. So, yeah. Well, and that's also one of the things that I find changes um, is that uh, the uh, bittering drops a little bit and the hop character drops a little bit as they age in the bottle. So that's probably the you know the only real negative impacts. Um, it's kind of nice to get that you know bolder hop hop aroma and flavor out of it. Um, but it's yeah, it's a great beer. Uh, you know you can you can have those bottles around for a long time. It's still a great beer. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Questions really from the chat. The only thing is, as you recap the recipe, if you do so, uh, there was a, a question to make sure you please recap the yeast strain. That you chose, which, by the way, was another uh, piece of information that Mitch didn't really give you, right? You didn't know no. exactly which yeast to use. Right. Would you change the yeast on this next one, or do you guys think you got no. the yeast nailed? You got that. That's the yeast. Okay. Yeah, and what was it? The 007, the dry English, mm-hmm. or why yeast 1098. Yep. All right. And you're good convinced bread. on that one. Okay, good. Yeah. That's it from the chat. All right. So, Tasty, you want to recap that recipe for us? The whole thing, huh? All right, well, uh, oh, here we go. Well, I'll give you the basics here. <laughs> Lazy, the condens- tasty. The condensed version. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the uh, Australian version. Uh, 6.41 kilograms of uh, pale malt, uh, half a kilogram of crystal 150, quarter kilogram of crystal 15, quarter kilogram of crystal 40, quarter kilogram of uh, crystal 80, and 0.15 kilograms of uh, chocolate malt. The crystal 150 is British. Uh, at, at 85 minutes, uh, we put in uh, 28 grams of Chinook. At 45 minutes, we put in 14 grams of Chinook. At 50 minutes, we put in 14 grams of Chinook again. And at flame out, guess what? 14 grams of Chinook. Uh, we uh, mashed it, uh, single step mashed this at 149 or 65C. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry, you guys. Uh, the, we mashed out at 75.6C to uh, let's sit there for 10 minutes. And then uh, we sparged out at 170 or 76.7 C for about 60 minutes. Uh, we produced a uh, starting gravity of 71, finishing gravity of 13, and uh, ABV came out to 7.7%, and it was 80 by IBUs uh, by formula, and uh, 27.6 SRM. That's pretty so, much it. Yeah. So if you were going to do the... Um, uh, Modified version. I would uh, change the crystal 150 to to 400 grams, and the 15, 40, and 80 to 200 grams, 
and the uh, chocolate malt to um, oh, 75 grams okay. for a six-gallon batch. And then um, I double the uh, last hop addition to 28 grams and then mashed a few degrees lower and ferment temp a couple degrees higher. Yeah, the SRM for the modified version comes around 21.7 SRM using the uh, um, right. Mori uh, color formula. It's a lot of changes so, in one in one second attempt, right? Uh, but they're all fairly distinct. And actually, I might back off on the IBUs a little bit as well. Dial it down to maybe seventy five IBUs using the Rager formula. Hmm. You know, seventy seventy two maybe. Again, the measured at the lab was fifty eight IBU. So, um, you know, you're kind of just guessing with these formulas that we have available to us. So, uh, you know, okay. I think that's that's pretty much uh, the best the best you can do. So if we don't, if someone doesn't nail it in in clone two, you guys want me just to you know take a baseball bat to the kneecaps on Mitch and see what we can get done here? No, no, no. We'll be. I think after two, we're going to be much more confident. We okay, good. We're going to say who the fuck needs Mitch. <laughs> All right. I think Mitch, Mitch is, would be so. Mitch stoked. is dead to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, Mitch. You're we're not welcome. We want to get even. Actually. <laughs> right. Right. I'm going to get this. Damn it. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, and I think uh, it'd be nice to, uh, you know, do some more stone brewing uh, Kenya Brewits, huh? Yeah. Make great beer. Yeah. Yeah, great beer, great people. They're they're very friendly, very generous to the homebrew community. So uh, support them because they they do support you. Don't don't <laughs> hold it against them for not sharing uh, arrogant bastard information. That's what we're here to do. Yeah, we're gonna That's we're our gonna challenge. that thing to the wall, right? Uh, yeah, we're gonna get out. If you have uh, beers to send in, um, people have been sending them directly to me, but you can send them to Can You Brew It at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can also go to the Brewing Network store. And uh, find uh, signed copies of books. You can find uh, shirts, great shirts from like Bruce Strong and uh, a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, and uh, while you're at it, go to uh, northernbrewer.com and check them out. Until then, Bruce Strong. <laughs>